podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off on a new direction, um, play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Benton Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in. Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kurosevsky rolls it in. Lacelso freshly introduced and scoring! Now skip! Pichaco Romero. He is trying it again and wins it. Great work from Romero! Could this be a chance for Sonoma? That is quite something from James Madison! Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us as we return for our second show of the week as we build up, of course, the Tottenham Hotspurs next. Premier League encounter, which of course is Liverpool to come at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday. If you're listening to the show for the first time, and where have you been? We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We are of course on X, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook too. And as I've mentioned, of course, here to look ahead to the big game against Liverpool in the Premier League. But we will be doing a revisit, of course, of the North London Derby draw against Arsenal at the weekend, where we talk about Tottenham Hotspur's new central defensive signing that is coming through the door. A very, very young prospect, one that we're really excited about for the future. And of course, big, big game ahead at the weekend. Joining me on this last one on Spurs, I'm joined by actor Ricky J. Norwood, the superb Matty Hayes, and the brilliant Christina Zandes, as these guys guide you through the talk all things Tottenham as we build up, of course, to Liverpool to come. At the weekend. Rick, I'm going to open up with you. Look, Spurs' unbeaten start to life in the Premier League continues under Ange Postacoglu in what was just only our second point away to Arsenal in the last seven years. Yes, seven years. We come from behind twice, but the spools were shared from that dramatic Northland derby draw at the weekend. It means Arsenal and Spurs, respectively, sit four points behind Man City at the top of the table. Rick, give me your verdict. What did you make of that draw in North London, of course, at the weekend? And how proud are you of the team's performance? Mate, you know what? I thought it was a fantastic test for this young side. I mean, they we went toe-to-toe. We didn't worry about them. We let them worry about us. You know, and, and that's what really pleased me about the game. Um, we've gone there before and got draws before, but this was totally different in the sense that we, they, we that side played with no fear. You know, um, even when they got knocked, even when there's a, a, you know, an own goal or a dodgy pen and, you know, things wasn't going our way. You know, the the Enketia could have got a red card for that challenge on Vicario, but none of that stopped us playing. None of that made our heads drop and, no, and, and none of it affect us, affected us mentally or physically. We were just like, OK, cool. Were you up for the fight? We're up for the fight too. And it never stopped us playing the way that we want to play. It never stopped us playing Ange Ball or the Tottenham way, in which I am so encouraged about. And if we can come up against a side that is potentially, you know, going up for the title, you know, and going out there for big honours and and the way all the Guna pundits were going on and the Guna fans were going on, like we was going to get slaughtered and demolished. Well, that did not happen. Do you know what I mean? And And we did not... 
we did not shy away or we did not like uh, like disappear into our shells being away from home in that ground with their fans the loudest i've seen in a very very long time you know and you we didn't stop we didn't stop at all you know with all of the jibes and the and the calls and everything all of the hate that was coming from the guna crowd didn't affect affect us at all saka doing the darts didn't affect us at all in fact it, it it fired up Madison, it fired up the boys and it fired every, the whole team up to kind of go out there and show not only the Gooners, but every pundit, every fan of every single team that we're here to be counted. And, and you know, you better start fearing us when you come up against us rather than us think about you and what dangers you possess. So that's what really pleased me about the game. And to come away with that draw, I think we gained more from that draw than what the Gooners did. I think the Gooners lost a lot more than those two points in, in, in the draw that they got. For us, I think we gained more. We gained you know, belief in the system. We gained belief in, in the Ange way again. And we, we gained belief in the fact that we can play this way against top sides that can counter, that do have pace, that, that do press high and that do play attacking football. We can still play our way and we can go out there and get results. And, and what's really encouraging, again, is that this side is in its infancy. It's, it's in the very early stages of, of them finding their feet and finding, the, finding their way and, and believing in the system and believing in the way. And that game there, I think we gained so much from it. And I think it's going to push these boys on uh, week in, week out. And I'm so excited to see these boys play now. And I can't wait week in, week out to see them play and to see what, what turns up. And I'm not afraid or fearful of anyone we come up against right now. Because, even more so because of that display on the weekend. Yeah, Joe, Rick, I've got to agree with you there. There is almost that feeling now of that, as you say, a fearless mentality that's kind of running through the squad at the moment. And look, most certainly with every obstacle Spurs overcome, and the next one, of course, being Liverpool, that expectancy will get greater and greater and greater. And that pressure will as well. And it'll be interesting to see how this young Spurs side can most certainly handle it. Matt, to bring you in. Um, it's quite ironic when you look at the difference to last season's encounters between both, which you could say were exacerbated, of course, with that sending off of Emerson Royale. It was like night and day when you compare both of those performances. Spurs on that occasion, they had just 35% of the possession and only attempted 307 passes to Arsenal's 565. They just had seven shots to Arsenal's 22 on that occasion. But when you look at Spurs on this time around, you know, the fact of how they took control, I would say, from the 35th minute onwards, they ended the first half with 61% possession. They outpressed, they outfought, they outtackled Arsenal. It was a different Spurs side. It was one that for the first time, dare I say, going back to the man who shall not be mentioned, 2019, Spurs literally went to Arsenal with the game plan of, we're going to attack them and we're going to try and take the game to Arsenal. And I think the thing that comes out of that, don't you agree, is that I think Spurs have gained a lot of respect, not actually just from Arsenal supporters, but from the wider consensus of the public that Spurs have shown against a decent Arsenal side, who, let's be fair, they were missing players, of course, Martinelli, Trossard, they lost Rice in the second half. You could arguably say, Spurs, you maybe come away disappointed, Matt. We didn't take all three points. What did you make of it for you? Yeah, I made that exact point straight after the game that going into it, I would have bitten your hand off for a point. And I, I think 
we could be we could be top of the table, Arsenal would be bottom, and we go to the Emirates, and I'd still kind of bite your hand off for a point because it's just that type of fixture where where all sort of form and all sort of quality just goes out the window. It's it's, it's ninety minutes of eleven against eleven. Um, but but coming out of that game, I, I was quite frustrated that we that we didn't go on and get the win, and not in the sense that I think we should have done better, in the sense that I think we did do enough to to deserve that victory and and to to, to deserve to go on and, and get that winning goal in the last twenty minutes. Um, but I, I have to agree with everything that Ricky said there at the start, and, and everything you said there too as well, other Ricky. Um, it, like everything about that performance was was exactly what we want Tottenham to be. And going into the game, I know Postecoglou said it last week that we were going to play our way. We weren't going to change the way we we approach this game just because it's a way to Arsenal, just because we're we're so early on in this new style of football that we're going to play. We're going to go there and we're going to do it. And I think that respect that we have gained from from opposition fans, from pundits, from uh, even Mikel Arteta said it himself after the game, how, how well coached we are. Aside from that uh, respect that we're getting, I think the confidence that those players are going to have in themselves, knowing that they can go to, to the Emirates, to the team who finished second in the Premier League last season and play so well in the way that we did, that confidence for them is going to be absolutely huge. Uh, Mickey van de Ven did an interview with NBC after the game and, and he was talking about it. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic interview. Uh, it gives brilliant insight into, into how Ange treats these players and he made the point that if he gives away the ball on the pitch in a dangerous position and a chance comes from it, what Postecoglou says to him is do, do it again, try it again, keep going keep playing that way and that trust that those players know the manager having them is going to give them even more confidence I don't know we had a few a few kind of sticky moments there was I think it was Udagi played a back pass to to Vicario that Nketiah got in he had a chance saved and of course Jesus getting the ball off Madison at the edge of the box but we, we didn't shy away from it the mentality that, that's kind of been lacking from that Spurs team in the last couple of years it's it's completely different it's completely flipped and like you said it's night and day from when we played them at the Emirates last season. And it's just so refreshing to see. And the best part about that for me is, you know, going into this game, Arsenal fans had said, you know, if, if they pass out from the back, we're going to batter them. You didn't. If if they press us like they press other other teams, you're going to batter us. Well, actually, we scored from it. And they, they always go on, they did a lot last season about how young their team is. Our team on Sunday was younger. Their team at an average age of 25 years, ours was 24.7. You have players in there who, who are so new to the Premier League, some new signings, some that we signed in the past, but are, are still kind of, uh, making their their first few starts in the league with your doggy with Sarah Van de Ven Vicario the, the whole way up that football pitch, and if if this is the beginning of what we can build under this manager, what what's coming is going to be really really exciting. And of course, there's still a lot of work to do with the the squad and kind of adding a little bit of depth and and, and filling out that squad. But to go toe to toe with Arsenal, and I, I hate sitting here speaking as though Arsenal are this much better, much bigger club than us because they're not. But the fact is, in the last 12, 18 months, they have been a lot better than us. But that, that playing field seems to have been completely levelled and, and that happened in their own backyard. So I think there, there's so, so many positives to take from that game. And I've been trying to look for a few, ne- not trying to look for negatives, but trying to look for a bit of balance um, yeah. in terms of what maybe we didn't do well and what we could have improved on on Sunday. And I haven't really been able to find anything. Yeah, I mean, Chris, to bring you in, I mean, I say you were here with us last week when we were looking ahead to the game with a brilliant Lee judges. It's not often I call an Arsenal fan brilliant, but Lee was superb on this show, you know, again, very, very honest. And he said to the point that, you know, he was respecting Spurs going into because of how well Spurs had started under Andrew Postecoglou. And again, I think the fact of the matter is that there were Arsenal fans really irate after the game that, quite frankly, Spurs in large periods outplayed them in the most, again, honest way I say that because, you know, I think everyone going into that game, I think many neutral fans were expecting Arsenal to most certainly beat Spurs. And I think even when Arsenal went ahead twice in that game, I think you saw on the touchdown from the celebrations from Arteta, I think they maybe felt they had enough and that was going to be enough. But Spurs fighting their way back twice. And I'd love to get your thoughts on it, Chris. You know, you've been obviously very much championing behind and, of course, one of our own uh, for different reasons of the heritage as well. That 
you know, he's so cool and calm and composed on that touchline that that does seem to also transcend and rub off on the players. I don't know if you'd agree with that, that every player, despite the fact of going twice behind, they were calm, they were composed, they knew their jobs. And dare I say, even when Arsenal did score the first goal, there was this confidence from Tottenham where they took control of the game. And even, dare I say, again, when they went 2-1 down, I don't think anyone felt Spurs couldn't get back into it. Do you feel Ange is playing a huge pivotal point? How proud were you of that performance from the players? Look, I'm going to start this off because I I was really happy when I came on here um, and did the preview with uh, Lee because I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He was so honest and it was really nice to hear like an Arsenal fan be that honest and he was just really real and I've, I've seen a different side to that guy um so if anyone yeah hasn't seen that that show do watch it just purely to see lee because he was absolutely brilliant um i actually recently as well just before the game i was able to uh do a little interview before um and i spoke to a hell of a lot of gooners i was basically the only spurs fan that was there um and everyone was just very confident i've never like heard so many Arsenal fans that were so confident in the fact that they were going to absolutely tear us apart. And you know what? I sat there, I was like, it's absolutely fine. I'm happy to listen to you being confident because I'm sitting here and all I want to do right now is enjoy watch Tottenham play. I just want to see them go out there and play good football. Whatever the result is, if they go out there and, you know, do what they can do best, then I'll be happy. That that was how I felt um, during that time. Oh my gosh. Afterwards with the draw, and we were happy with the performance because I was absolutely proud to be a Tottenham fan after that game because I have never, ever seen that Tottenham um, team play that well at that South London team. It was brilliant. And the amount of abuse, the amount of comments from Arsenal fans, oh, you're celebrating a draw. Oh, this means obviously nothing to you. You know what? Blah, blah, blah. It meant a hell of a lot to me. And you know what? We should have won. We should have 100% Agreed. won that game. It's a That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a missed opportunity. And you know what? You could actually tell from the players, which I think is a huge positive, they were not happy themselves either with the fact that they came out just to draw. It was beautiful in my eye. But the fact that it even wound the, the, uh, the Gooners up even more, that it was just, a, you know, it was a draw. It was, mwah, it was stunning. So I was absolutely happy with that performance. And, you know, I'm going to quote with what Angela said. Um, I've even wrote it here. I don't believe in ceilings. Let's see where it takes us. And that's mm. exactly what is happening right now, guys. It is mm. stunning to watch us right now. And you know what? It's just, we have been watching Tottenham all this time and it has been draining. Mm. It is life-sucking. It has just been so horrific. And I'm paying loads of money to go and see these games to watch, like, this draining football. Now, I am so excited for the next one. It is just, it's unbelievable with how much has changed under yeah. uh, under Ange. Another person to even mention, I think, is Sonny as well, that I think we should, you know, discuss, you know, at some point, because I really think he's brought the team together. Him being captain as well, I really feel he's made this whole team bond together. And it's absolutely beautiful yet again. You know, the fact that there was comments even before last season about what is he doing? He's rubbish. Let's let's sell him. Can you imagine if we did sell him? Where the hell would we be without signing? He mm. is got Tottenham running through his blood. That boy loves the club. I, isn't he, Chris loves the club. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. even with Ange now, you've get you're getting more Australians. You're getting some yeah. Greeks coming in. And uh, you know what? Fans that are now coming to get to know Tottenham from outside here, 
you're literally starting a beautiful journey with Angeball now. So yeah. perfect time to come and start supporting Tottenham. So yeah, yeah, that's what I had to say. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I would say, I'm sure Rick will qualify this and so will you guys, is that it's not always as plain sailing as this. You know, there are tough times ahead. I'll just I'll just send them the link of Rick after the AC Milan game, shall I, Rick? No, 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 don't do it, bro. Hi, everyone. Crackers here with your upcoming Legends events on Friday the 29th of September. Worcestershire County Cricket Club. The one, the only, the Brazilian legend, Sandro, is appearing Please go to at Mr. Cracknell across the socials where I'll be putting posters up for that event and details of how you can get your tickets for that one. And on October the 13th, that's a Friday again, in Surrey, Camberley Heath Golf Club. Echo61.co.uk is their website. They have a stunning evening with Chris Waddle that comes with a free course meal, meet and greet, professionally taken photos and of course a Q&A with the great man himself. So there you go, there's a couple of events that are upcoming for you. I will see you there and come on you Spurs. Just on Ange, because again, you know, the fact of the matter is I think we've all been pleasantly surprised by the start because I think the feeling was, and you obviously was here during the summer where we did a lot of the friendly reviews and we were of the mindset that, look, you know, this might take a bit of time. It might all happen overnight. They're going to be bumps in the road. Do you think on that basis, Rich, are, are you really surprised by the fact of how Spurs have started the season? You know, when I say to the fact, when you look at our form, you know, we're sitting there, you know, 14 points, four points off Man City at the top in that top four at the moment. Are you really, really surprised by this start, Ritz? Could you have seen it coming based on what you saw over the summer? And of course, the fact of losing you-know-who, of course, obviously the star striker of the football club, the change of the squad. And I think it's bizarre when I read a stat, I think only, what, two or three players actually had started the previous North London derby. So you're looking at a massive changeover in squad as well. And also, I think mentality is a big key. I mean, tell me, Rick, are you surprised by this start under Ranch? Yeah, massively. I'm I'm surprised at how quickly they've taken to it. Um, I mean, we all know what 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 cloud we was left under um, at the end of last season, and it it, it it was next level. Do you know what I mean? I really did. Um, it wasn't just the football; it was all the staff and the club and the management and the, and the, and the directors and and the fans. And there was there was such kind of. Um, kind of just just a darkness hanging over us and we knew that we just we especially over the summer we didn't have one problem to solve we had like 101 problems to solve there were so many things that and had to come in and deal with you know there was no paratici you know we was gonna we was gonna sell harry kane uh we needed a t- we, we all knew and we've all been asking for a, a turnover of the squad and a freshness of the squad because there's a there was a lot within that squad at the end of last season that had been through those three managers, Conte, Mourinho and Nuno. And, um, you know, they, they had the hangover of that. And we, we needed we needed something fresh. We needed something new. And for it to have happened so quickly, you know, um, it, it has actually been quite phenomenal. Uh, so massive respect to Big Ange. I mean, everything that he said since he's come in. And you've got to remember, remember and I know Matty Hayes knows this one as well, but you've got to remember, like, you know, we was all, I mean, me especially, um, you know, I was all on the Chelsea manager coming back to Tottenham. You know, that that was my that was my plan. In number two, it was Nagelsmann. In number mm-hmm. three, it was Slot. 
Do you know what I mean? And and to be fair, Ange Postacoglu was not on my list at all, at all. Even when he was mentioned, I dismissed it. Um, but it just shows you that not only with players, but with managers too, they have to fit your club. You know, you have to get the right ones that fit your club. We 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 saw Endombele play, you know, for I can't remember who it was. Who was it in France? I think it was Ren, I can't remember. Or Leon, I can't Leon. remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know, he was he was unbelievable in the Champions League before we bought him. We bought him and in a Tottenham shirt, he's just never turned up, you know. You know, Conte the same. Everywhere he's gone, he's won, right? Um, but in a Tottenham shirt with a cockerel on his chest, couldn't do it. Same with Mourinho, even though arguably he would argue that he got sacked five, six days before a final. And who would have knows what would have happened then? The fact of the matter is it didn't happen. And, you know, um, so to have somebody like Ange come in and do it with such class, such humility, such kind of just straightforward, um, straightforward messages, you know, speaking to you as a person rather than you, uh, as an asset or rather than expecting because we've shelled out x amount of money on you that you need to be delivering this you know he didn't do any of that he got straight to the core and i've said this before and i know this might kind of upset some fans out there um but i think ryan mason has got a lot to do with the how quickly it's kind of got better and rejuvenated you know when he took over at the end of last season he only had like three four games i think before the end of the season but you know, some of the comments that he was coming out with was like, it's not just the football side that we had to worry about. It, there was a personal side. And when you hear little reports over the summer that if Conte would have stayed, Romero was thinking about leaving and a couple of others were thinking about leaving. It says to you that there was a lot that we don't know about. There's a lot that, that has happened behind scenes. And there was a lot of kind of toxicity and kind of negative energy and, and, and kind of, darkness happening around that squad and around uh, around that team where they didn't want to turn up. They didn't want to play. They didn't want to do what was asked of them. They got bored of it the same way we got bored of it. You know, always kind of retreating into into this kind of counter-attacking counter system where everybody was behind the ball and waiting for a counter-attack or playing that horseshoe, boring-ass football. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe they had enough of it as well. And... So when Ryan's come in and he he went back to 4-2-3-1, he kind of wanted to play the ball forward. He wanted to play a bit attacking. You saw that there was a little bit of joy amongst the squad. And he, he even though we didn't get the results at that point, he kind of kept that joy and he kept that feeling of what it is to be Tottenham going up until Ange turned up. And then he's joined the the, the staff as well. He's, he's joined as a coach as well. So the boys at Tottenham that are there, they can trust in somebody that they know, that has been about, that knows the Tottenham way, that knows which way that they want to play too. And then you've got a manager that in, embodies that way. And obviously he's got little tweaks. It's not just flair football he has his tweets and he has his way of playing and you can see it's a chaotic but fluid and structured system uh that he's put together that absolutely works for for this tottenham side to have players like you know udogi come back and hit the ground running as he did you know to go out there with, with our scouts and find mickey van der ven that mm -hmm. Ange kind of put the rubber stamp on to go out there and get a young keeper that nobody had heard of that everybody was doubting and yep. and rightfully so at the time, because, of course, we were linked with Raya and the fact that we saw Raya, 
he and and saw what he could do. We knew as Tottenham fans, if he was to come in, that that's what he's going to do, and we can expect a bit more out of him. But some somebody that was unknown, we didn't have a clue what we was going to get. They, them old tropes come back out of is this another cheap signing? Is this? But the scouts have done tremendous to bring him yeah. in, Great. you know. Um, and Saar, you know, Saar being able to start games and 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 express himself as a young player. Bissouma, the fact that he didn't get no game time last year, the fact that he, you know, the comments come, that came out about Conte, from Conte, was that he wasn't ready technically. You know, he wasn't up to the standard of, of what was required as a, top, uh, as a, as a Conte player. It's criminal um, because you look at him now and they're all flying, you know, to get the, 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 the lock picker that we needed for years and years and years that you've been asking for, Ricks, you know, in, in Madison. That has totally changed the way we've played. And losing Harry Kane and not letting that have an effect on us either, the fact that it's galvanised us, the fact that it's brought us together, the fact that yeah. we, we we are now not a, not a quote-unquote one-man team. We are a team. We're literally playing for each other. Everyone's playing for their man to the left, to the right, in front and behind. We're together in everything. And you saw that the way that they responded to going down to those goals against the Gooners in that game. You saw that yep. they, you saw their reaction. You saw their determination. And you also saw when it got to the end of that game, when 10 minutes went up, not only were the Gooners cheering, but every single Tottenham fan was cheering because we <laughs> knew that we was going to go for it again yeah, and yeah. we were not going to stop. The fact That's that true. the manager can come in and say, we never stop, that yeah. is... That is music to my ears, and I know it's music to all of our ears. So it's been a tremendous surprise that Ange has been able to come in and do it this quickly. And like I said, it's in its infancy. It's only going to get better. And every yeah. little mistake that we we make is only going to be a mistake because we're going to learn from that mistake, turn it into a football life lesson, and we're going to look to not make that mistake again. So the sky is the limit. Like Christina said there, no ceiling. And he also said no flaws. Do you know what I mean? No ceiling, no flaws. It is about the sky is the limit. And it is, as long as these boys believe in themselves, believe in each other, believe in the manager and have yeah. that roar and that energy from us, lot the fans in the stands and at home, then the sky is the absolute limit for this side. And I'm so excited to see it. Well done, Ange. You know, I've got to say, it's lovely hearing you speak like this about, you know, a Spurs side. And I have to go back. Bless you. You was here. Right at the infancy of last one on Spurs back in, what, 2017, 2018. And you kind of took me back to, obviously, how we were talking back then. It's like I say, it has been difficult the last, as we've said, the last four years to try and even talk the way you're talking about football. It must feel so refreshing. And the smiles on all of our faces as it all at the moment. It's a really lovely time to be a fan. Matt, I'll bring you in. Um, this is just to kind of bring a bit of balance to it, if I can. Because the only thing I would say, Matt, is on the basis of the weekend and, again, looking at maybe just maybe the drop-off when you look at what we've got in the first team in terms of those 13, 14 to then some of the squad options bench-wise. My only worry is, Matt, that I'd say we've got a good 13, 14 players, a nucleus, but an injury to centre-back, and we are then back down to, look, Ashley Phillips might be a really good player. Then, obviously, with Ashley, you've got Eric Dyer there as well. Um, you've got certain, like, Ryan Sessing at left-back. Obviously, if Adogi was to get injured, obviously, we've got Ivan Perisic now. Does it concern you, Matt, that we're in a situation where we've got 13, 14 players and quite arguably we know we've got obviously no European football. Obviously, we know we're not in the Carabao Cup because we're recording on a Carabao Cup night. Do you think we've got enough, Matt, to kind of battle through until January potentially and then maybe look to add one or two? Because I think the thing is, how we're all feeling at the moment is that we are riding the crest of a wave. We are really, really excited. We don't need to stop us in terms of the momentum that we're on. Do you think we've got enough, Matt, now to kind of get us through until at least January can hopefully add a couple 
And then who knows what this season can bring? Because I think maybe, I don't know if you agree, I know Ange refused to answer that question about, about being ahead of schedule. I think when you speak to a lot of Spurs fans, it feels like we are in terms of the brand of football that we're playing, in terms of results at the moment. How do you feel about that particular scenario about that squad that we've got at the moment, Matt? We all said at the end of the transfer window, um, and, and Pasta Coglu said it himself after he brought in Mickey van de Ven, that ideally we get in another centre-back. I think it was Ashley Phillips and another. Um, you know, it, it was clear that he, he did want another first-team option, and it, it's it's easy to forget that with the positivity that we're seeing on the pitch, um, obviously with the exception of that, uh, that game against Fulham. When we're playing as well as we are, when Mickey van de Ven is looking like he's been playing in this league for 25 years already, um, it, it's easy to, to overlook that, but it, it is something that's still niggling at the back of, at the back of my mind. And when people ask me my expectations for for Tottenham for this season, I, I I still say if we finish top six, it's good, it's progress because I know, like you said, there there are those players that are the nucleus of that team. And for me to to, to list them out, I think if we lose any of Vicario, Romero, Van de Ven, Davis, Basuma, Madison, Son any of them, I, I don't think they're replaceable. You know, if Power gets injured, Emerson can come in and it, it won't be to the same standard, I think, in that position. That, But he, he's, he's a good option and he showed in um, in games already that he can play that system. In, in midfield, we have, I think Basuma is is, is just in, in, in his own league, both in terms of style and quality. But we have Sar and Bentoncourt who can who can rotate if it is needed. And on those forward options, we have Solomon, we have Johnson, we have Kulazewski, we have Richarlison, who's hopefully going to tr- uh, be able to come into a little bit of form. But those main players that I mentioned at the start, I think if we lose any of those, the drop-off is absolutely huge. Um, the, the one thing that I am happy about, and you know, I, I think it's very clear with the fact that we've seen Phillips on the bench a little bit more than, than Eric Dyer this season, if we do get an injury in those positions, Postacoglu isn't going to play it safe. He's not going to throw uh, Eric Dyer in centre-back just because he's the next uh, most experienced. He's not going to throw a Celso in, in centre-attack in mid just because he's the most experienced player that fits there. He will play Ashley Phillips. He will play... At, at Jamie Donnelly or or whoever it is, he he will go for those youth players if he thinks they're they're better suited to that system and better suited to that style. And I, I'd much rather see that than play Eric Dyer. And I, I'm just naming him as a name, nothing personally against him, but I don't think he's suited to the system. So I don't want to see players who aren't suited to the system, even if we do have to go a bit more inexperienced, a bit uh, maybe a bit less quality overall, but better suited to to what we need to do. So there will be positives if it does come to that. But if I remember correctly, we have one game a week until the 16th of December, which is when the midweek fixtures for Christmas start coming in. So between now and then, that's two and a half months. That's factoring in international breaks, what, eight, nine Premier League games. If we can if we can fully go at them, not pick up any big injuries, you know, I know Madison has had a couple of knocks, but if he can stay fit enough to start games for those eight or nine, if we win five or six, if we're five, six, seven points clear in that top four by that point, that's an absolutely amazing buffer to have going into that busier part of the season. And it, it, even if it is busier for us, there are other teams who are going to be even busier, the teams who are in Europe, the teams who, who are in the Carabao Cup. So against the against the teams that we're, we want to be directly fighting for, no matter what, we're going to have a much lighter fixture list. We're going to have much fewer fewer games to contend with. And aside from the, the fitness side of things and the, the potential injuries, what's also huge with that is the fact that we're going to have a lot more time to prepare for games. And I know when, when you're looking at professionals who are earning millions and millions of pounds a year who do this for a living, you wouldn't think a couple of days makes that much of a difference. But look at that first season with Conte. Towards the end of that season, after we got knocked out of, of the Champions League, we had one game a week for, was it, I think, two or three months. And we were absolutely unstoppable. We were phenomenal. We, we, we tactically outplayed, outclassed absolutely everybody. We've been doing that this season already with one game a week. There's no reason that that wouldn't continue. Um, so th- there are loads of those positives that we can play around with. But I think it, it will come back to bite us, in my opinion, that we didn't attract a centre-back. Um, I, I, I never thought we could get Van de Ven and Tapsoba because 
yeah, yeah. both how expensive they were, but also the fact that they're both good enough to play first team football. I don't yeah. think one of them would have come to Spurs to to be second fiddle. So I'm not going to hold that against the the club, but I think someone else could have been brought in if it was a Tassinat or a Bio, who we, I think we spoke about on every show over the summer, Ricky, just someone uh, uh, with a bit more Premier League experience. He was also suited to that system. Yeah. Um, but again, I do I do have to mention that Rome isn't built in a day. You know, you look at, like you mentioned there, that North London derby last season compared to this season. Is it what, do you think only two players were the same? That's yeah, yeah. an absolutely insane, ridiculous change in, in personnel. And it's it's hugely, I have to give massive credit to, to Pasta Coggle, to the scouting team, for the board, for, yeah. for being able to get that done. I think until we have another year or two where we can start to build that up, we, we will run the risk of, of having a few bad bad kind of spells. But there's nothing you can do about that. You can sign yeah. a whole new squad, both yeah. in terms of finances and realistically you're not going to get 18 players that are good enough for your squad mm. um in in one or two windows so there's there's a, a lot that still needs to be done but like like I couldn't have said it better, better than Ricky did a few minutes ago that the basis and the platform and the foundation is there and I think that's what we need to need to focus on yeah Chris I want to ask you if I can you know expectations a big thing now right we've heard Paul Merson very much beforehand you know saying Spurs would be would be torn apart up at the Emirates and then now you're seeing just only a couple of days later the fact that you know these or in their words, in terms of the media, how do you think, Chris, that we will deal with the fact that if this form does continue, and that again from the outside looking in, that pressure does start to grow? Do you think we've got the capabilities to better handle that pressure from the media? There's huge amount of media that's going on at the moment, especially with Ange, which kind of makes me a little bit nervous. I'm not gonna lie, because it's like everyone's sending out all these positive things, and it's unusual for a big media people to talk about Tottenham in a positive way, because it's always negative. It's always Spursy. So. Do you know what? It's just a bit weird because I feel like if something wrong does happen, like if there's a game where we lose, I'm scared like something, everyone's just going to go in and just attack Ange, like because it's just, oh, it's typical Spursy all over again. But in all honesty, I think we need to ignore like all of that stuff anyway. But when it comes to like, you know, with our team at the moment, um, I really was, I, I don't know about how you guys felt that moment with Madison. My My heart was in my mouth. I generally thought he was done. Um, I thought as well, if we actually did keep him on, I felt like there could have been actually a good po- chance maybe that we could have actually got another totally goal agree, at that Same point. as Son. Same as Son as well. I mean, I've been Son as well. I was a bit concerned as to why they actually, cha- um, why he was changed off. Son. But, yeah, but yeah. Um, with Madison, I got the impression that probably Ange panicked a little bit just like us and thought, yeah. I'm not going to risk it anymore. Just mm. take him off because I can't risk losing him. Because it honestly... Without Madison, we are a bit of a, we are a different team. It, it, it's it's a fact. Like he is playing such a huge role as number ten, um, so it is a very big worry. We need to have some backup, but I do believe Ange knows all of this one hundred percent. So I I stand by with whatever he sees now because I believe with uh, Brennan Johnson, you know, I, I saw a lot of mixed not mixed reviews on based on him. Um, I, I I couldn't really have an opinion because I don't really know too much about how he plays. But I, I I believe someone came on here and said that that was actually an Ange sign-in. I can't remember who it was. Someone, I think someone on the show. It might have been Bridgie, I think. But yeah. anyways, so if he, he's, an, he's an Ange sign-in. And to me, I feel comfortable about that because if he sees something in him and that is how Ange is playing right now, 100% take whoever he wants exactly. So I, I have... Full faith in that. That's that's huge to have so much faith in the manager like that, you know. So I do think he knows exactly the areas and who the people that he wants to go for. We are now bringing in so many young people. It's 
it's making this future brighter at Tottenham. So I, I, me to be honest, I, I think the younger it is, it's it, there's just so much potential in where mm. this team and where this club could go, yeah. and it, we really are planning ahead, and that's exactly what I love to see because it just felt like we've just been in the air. We don't really know what the plan is. There's been no yeah. objective. You know, there's just been nothing, and I really do feel like Tottenham have got themselves sorted out now. They're just arranging a lot more. I feel like, um, you know, people are now looking more deeply as to who we should be buying. Um, it's names that we don't even hit. Same with Ange. I had no clue who he was. Whenever he was brought up, again, like Ricky, I couldn't have an opinion because I didn't really know anything about the guy. And now look at him. It's just, it's incredible to see. And this guy has not even been in the Premier League. Like, it's, it's incredible. Um, so, you know... I, I the fact that this this is early, it is early, so I can't get too excited. But for now, I am enjoying it one hundred percent, and I, I'm sucked into this completely. But yeah, it is early days still, but I feel we have got that trust back with the team and with the club. So I'm here for it. Mix Fifty One is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data driven decisions every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. You know what, I think it's fair to say things are on a high right now. And a lovely segue Chris just gave me there into the fact that she talks about the fact we're planning for the future. Tottenham quite literally are Spurs have announced a signing this week of the highly rated Croatian teenager Luka Vuskovic in a 12 million deal from hijack split where the youngster said he's honoured to make the move to the Premier League side. Now, we know Spurs have fought off a huge amount of European competition for the player. That includes the likes of City, Liverpool, Chelsea, PSG. With City also reported at the time, I believe, to put a bid of around 10 million plus an additional 2 million add ons that was firmly rejected. Spurs have now got him for around 12 million, in which the Croatian side have described as the biggest outgoing transfer in their history. And what they claim has made the 16 year old the most expensive defender in terms of that age of the history of football, which is quite actually amazing when you think about that. You know, due to FIFA rules, he'll have to wait until he can arrive in England in 2025 when he's 18 and he has signed a deal which runs until 2030. We understand he has now returned to the Croatian side where he will continue to develop. He's six foot four. He's a big, big lump. You know, he's played 11 appearances already for the first team, despite his age. Um, Matt, if I can ask you very, very quickly on this guy, because uh, Gvardiel, who of course obviously is at City now, uh, he said he's developing excellently. I hope he's one that will develop into a top centre-back. I don't think he needs my advice. He's to keep on doing what he's doing. I hope that one day we'll play together. Obviously, he's referring to the fact as a compatriot in the national team. But this guy is very, very highly rated. And again, when you take into account for Tottenham, you look at the likes of they've now got a hello Veliz, Ashley Phillips, Jude Sunset-Bell, and now Luka Vaskovic. All signed in the last, what, 10, 11 months, all under 19. You add to that as well, Spurs, of course, they tied down Mikey Moore to a new deal. Dane Scarlett's got a new long-term contract as well. It does feel, Matt, don't know if you agree, there's been a major shift in the strategy when it comes to the academy, which is great because it goes back to what Chris says, really, about planning for the future, right? 
It, oh, it's 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 so so exciting to to hear you list out those players and, and list out those options. And um, R- Ricky touched on it a few minutes ago about the the managers that we brought in, in in the last four or five years. And Daniel Levy himself mentioned it in in the fan forum where he was saying that they they weren't Spurs. You know, I think we were we were trying to sign players, we were trying to bring in managers to to be the club that we wanted to be rather than managers for the club that we are. And I do think that happened a little bit with, with recruitment for a while as well. And it, yes, it was down to those managers, you know, bringing in some older players, some more experienced players. It has worked out with some like Ivan Perisic and, and Fraser Forster, but there were a lot of signings there that just weren't Tottenham. These signings are 100% Tottenham through and through. This is what we love. This is what we're about, bringing in these young, exciting players. And my favourite thing about this transfer, as much as, you know, when, when you bring in a new player, you want to see him in the jersey. You want to see him out in the pitch. But I think the best thing for for this kid's uh, development is that he stays where he is. You don't want to be disrupting his development when when he's just broken into, into first-team football. Like you said, 11 appearances. It, it, it would be... A, a bit of, too much of a disruption really for him to then have to come over to Spurs and then he's he's obviously not going to be in our first team and having to go through the youth system again so to be able to to keep that uh, kind of consistency and playing with that first team over in Croatia that's going to be fantastic for him um, and, and everything about him is just so exciting you know like you said he's so so highly rated he's the youngest player to play in the Croatian top division I think it was three days after his 16th birthday that, that he actually made his debut for them he he then played in the, the biggest derby in Croatia a few weeks after that he scored his first goal so there's so many different records that he has where he's the youngest to do it in in Croatia and in Hajduk Split's history um and you know you, you can't you can't really ignore that um so it, it's it's a really good one to bring in and like you mentioned all the other players that we have there with Soon Bell with Felice with Phillips the I was only speaking about this actually yesterday with, with someone at work when you look at our under 21 team last season the Premier League 2 was, was split into two divisions we we got relegated from the first division down to the second division now since then those divisions have been merged so it's all one league and we're top of that league we're top of a league that we got relegated from last year, essentially. We won five games out of five. The under-21s went to Colchester last week in the EFL Trophy. It was a bit of a rotated side by Colchester, but they, they scored five goals away against a professional side. They're playing football the, the proper way, the Tottenham way. Everything everything is looking so good for this youth system right now. And the most important thing, the best thing about it all, is they have a manager in charge of that first team that they know is going to give them an opportunity if they deserve it. We're not going to have any managers that I'm not going to name using them as cones in training sessions. Not going to say who it was, Antonio. We have a manager who's going to give them those opportunities. And that is absolutely crucial to their their confidence and 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 their their ability to go out and play the way they know how to play because they will, they will get that opportunity. And I'm sure that was a massive factor in Voskovic choosing to come to Spurs and ignoring the the, the interest from PSG, from Man City, from these teams who, who are the biggest, the best in, in Europe. Because I think there is that vision that Tottenham could potentially become that in the next few years. And Spurs are back, Ricky. Spurs are back. Yeah, Joe, it's lovely you said that. I mean, that's some lovely words actually in joining the club. He said, first of all, I want to thank Hijack for making this possible. The coaches have contributed to my development, the people from the academy, the employees of the club. Um, he said, in the past months, I was aware of the interest of big clubs from abroad. I tried to stay on the ground, train and prepare for new challenges. It's a great honour to see a club like Tottenham show a desire and put in so much effort to bring in a player of my age. This makes me proud. It's certainly a motive for me to even work harder on my development and further progress in order to be ready as soon as possible for the moment when I can play for their first team. He added on Instagram, it's a great honour and privilege to be part of this great club. I will work and train hard to play for Tottenham one day. It's lovely words there from, again, a young, young guy. Look, I don't want to put massive pressure on him. He's only 16. Um, but look, completely his move to the football club. For Tottenham, of course, the fact that Spurs announced it on the official website, it tells you a lot about just how big this move is for the football club. So look, very, very exciting times there. One thing I do also want to give a quick mention to, um, obviously there's this tag that I don't really use on last one Spurs because I'm just, 
I detest and hate it and sick of it. But it's um, the fact of the word Spursy that I've never liked that word Spursy. Just say I've never really accustomed to or grown in. And the fact that now we've had this stat come out this week that Spurs unbeaten start to life under Ange, Rick, coming around to you. Um, I think Spurs are now can be labelled the comeback kings. We've now claimed the most amount of points from losing positions than any side in the Premier League era. That saw us edge in front of Manchester United at the top of that respective table. And I think when you look at the fact this season, we've collected eight points from losing positions. That amounts to a total of 57% of our total points at this stage. So for a side that's labelled bottlers and labelled spursy and labelled as flimsy um, and soft on the belly Tottenham, we're certainly not that narrative when you look at the fact of just where Spurs stand in that chart now, right at the very top, Rick. No, and all those people that love to, to, to kind of say those tropes and kind of spew those tropes, they're going to have to eat their own words real soon. I mean, another one that used to really get me is um, that song. I don't even, I don't even want to, I don't even want to, but like, you know, uh, get battered everywhere. You know that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That, that one really, really kind of, yeah, I really didn't like that one either, but you, you, you can't sing that now. If you're going to sing that about anybody, sing it about Chelsea. Um, um, <laughs> just quick little dig there. All right, I didn't mean it. I, you know, well, I kind of did. Um, but yeah, you know, like uh, this side under this management, um, with this new, with this new, new kind of style and these new sets of players, you you can't hold the past against this future. You can't. You know. Um, we've found our way again. Like as Matty said, you know, we've got our Tottenham back. And we've got a side that without a manager being told to say, we're going to make you proud, we actually feel proud every day, you know, um, after every result. And you know which one got me as well? It was, uh, this is when I really knew. Uh, it was against Sheffield United. Now, so the whole Sheffield Sheffield game, you know, we, we dominated the game. We played great. We had shots on target. We had domination, domination of, of possession and, we was on them left, right and centre and, you know, to go up the other side, score score a, a good but lucky goal against the runner play and all of that. And and in previous seasons gone by, we all know and we all felt it in our soul that that would have been it. That would have been the, that would have been the result. It would have been 1-0 Sheffield United and, you know, we would have had to go back to the drawing board and do the rondos on Monday and all of that jazz. You know, getting back to work with the workout videos and stuff like that. And that did not happen. We didn't stop. We continued to play the Ange way. We continued to play the Tottenham way. And we, we continued to play without fear. It didn't stop us making that risky pass or kind of uh, having that flair turn or, you know, going on the offensive. We, we, we continued. We continued and we battered down them doors. And in the 98th, 99th minute or whatever minute it was, we come up with a 2-1. You know I mean? We scored both, both goals really late on in that game. And we could have settled for the draw after um, Richarlison scored that goal, but we didn't. You know what I mean? We went, no, let's go again. And every one of us felt it. I felt it in my soul. I'm like, go, 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 go. We're going to get another one. We're going to get another one. And that's what's changed right now. So all of those pundits that want to kind of underestimate us, uh, that see us as underdogs, I'm really happy with that. And and long, let, let them spew all that rubbish. Let them spew Spursy. Let them spew that, all right, yeah, cool. You might be playing fantastic football, but what are you going to win this year? And all of that, Jack. I don't care. 
I don't care. Let them because it's going to be shoved right in their face real, real soon where it's undeniable. I remember seeing a pundit. I won't name him. I really want to. I remember seeing a pundit back in the poch, back in the previous uh, Chelsea manager when he used to, you know, be, be at White Hart Lane. Oh yeah, that um, one. Yeah, I know he's Yeah, you know, you know which one I'm talking about. That one. Um, and we were playing fantastic at that stage, and it took it took it being so undeniable that the pundits had to say, "Oh, they're playing well," or "They're doing good things," but they really didn't want to. Do you know what I mean? It was week in week out, whether it was commentator or pundit, they were there. They couldn't wait to kind of put us down and put that put that Spursy tag back on us. And and it's gonna happen as well. Those that are holding the Spursy tag and all of these tags and all of these kind of these these negative tropes, they're all holding them in their inside pocket, waiting for us to fall. And don't think they're not gonna come out. They will. Like Christina said there's as soon as we, we we lose one or you know we lose we lose a couple that they're all gonna come straight back out. But it's that that is not a reflection of Tottenham right now. Right now, we're a totally different side. Right now, them boys that, you know, that kind of take up the challenge from 1 to 11 on that field right now, they're not kind of constrained by those tropes. They're, they're not, yep. They haven't been tarnished with those tropes. You know, they're, they're there to set the record straight and, and they're there to, to realign the record and kind of send us back on this new trajectory. That's why I am super excited about this side. And, and you know what, like Christina was saying a bit earlier about Sonny, being a captain, absolutely perfect guy to be a captain and to captain a young side. There's not a player out there that doesn't love Sonny. Did you see how many Gooners were hugging him before the game, during the yeah. game? They were all talking to him on the sideline. Everybody loves Sonny. And to have somebody like that who not only takes responsibility for, uh, you know, the club, for the, the, the pressures of taking on the mantle of Harry Kane, for stepping up to the plate, he done it against Man City when Harry was supposed to go Man City that summer. And he was like, don't worry, I've got this. And and done it at that point until Harry came back into the into the side. And he's done it again. And he's doing it in such a kind of... An, an, a, a, such an awesome way. Because he's leading by example. He's going out there and, and not one person that's, uh, you know, that is, that is under him in the sense of he's the captain wants to disappoint him. They all want to step up to his level. They all And they're all encouraged by him. If somebody does make a mistake, who's the one going up to them going, no, look, it's all right. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. It, you know, he's the one that brought out... I've, I've, have you ever heard another captain? Hugo never done it. Harry never done it when he had the armband on. But Sonny, mm. the first away game, he's like, you know what? We're going to do the huddle in front of the away fans. Do you know yeah. how much of an impact that had? To, to, to straight away say to every single fan watching at home that couldn't be there and yep. and the, the fans in the stand and the, and, and the players on the field that we are all together in this. We are as one in this and we're going for everything. You know what I mean? And we can't go and achieve without you singing and roaring and, and, and cheering us on. I think that is a masterstroke of leadership. You know, and, and then even with the vice captains, you've got three different characters there. You've got Sonny, again, who leads by example, who you do not want to upset or displease. You've got the cheeky chappy in Madison who can kind of tell you about yourself, but in a jokey way, you know, come on, you know, sort your passing out, governor. Like, what's wrong? He, he'll do it in a way in which you laugh, but go, all right, fine. And then if both of those fail, you've got to go and speak to Cootie. And nobody wants to speak to Cootie. <laughs> nobody wants to speak to Cootie. If you hear any of them talk about training, 
everybody hates being up against Romero. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, no, nah, what, oh, what? No, nah, let me be on Romero. No, nah, oh, what? I'm wearing the pink bib. Oh, do me a favor. Everybody <laughs> hates it. Do you know what I mean? So you've got three different personalities that all yeah. bring a winning mentality, but all with different, you know, levels and, and different different flavors of, of yep. winning and leadership. And, and that's going to see us and a young side through the bumpy times. That's going to see us achieve more than, than than any pundit could bloody well say. You know, having that nucleus of, of, of leadership that can inspire, that can, you know, kick you up the backside or that can scare you into going to win. I think that's a beautiful combination. It's, it, it, you know, they, they say like Paratici's cooking or Angie's cooking. Well, with those ingredients, whatever you cook is going to come at dynamite. Let me tell you. Gordon Ramsay-esque, let me tell you. So I, again, just super excited, bro. Super excited about what this side uh, can bring and, and where we're going and what direction we're going in. Because we finally Absolutely. have a direction. Yeah, I totally agree. Only concern is we're nearly an hour in. We've not even touched upon the rap that we're here, and that is for Liverpool. So what we are going to do, uh, nearly an hour in, we are going to go for what was meant to be our first break of the show. It is now going to be the break of the show for our listeners' audio. Hello, this is Dan from the Redmen TV. So I've just come out of Anfield after Liverpool beat Leicester 3-1 in the Carabao Cup. And now I'm going to preview Liverpool's trip down to North London to face a resurgent Tottenham side on the weekend for you guys. Um, yeah, like I say, Liverpool... Going to Tottenham always fills me with a little bit of trepidation. They're usually relatively close, tight affairs. This time is absolutely no different, of course, certainly as I touched upon with a Tottenham side that feel revitalised under Ange Postacoglu. Obviously, you guys are loving life down there now, and rightfully so. I'm a big fan of Ange and the way he goes about his business, not only from a managerial point of view, but from a personal point of view as well, really. I think he carries himself really well, comes across as a likeable character, which is always positive. And you haven't had many likeable managers down there in recent times. Um, certain Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte on quite as admirable as Ange Postacoglu, let's put it that way. But yeah, I think the style of football that you guys are playing as well is is one that you've obviously sort of pined for for quite some time down there and one you can really get behind and one you can enjoy as well. And obviously at the minute, it's sort of breeding good results, it's breeding positivity too. And especially after the departure of Harry Kane, it would have been easy to possibly have a slower start to the campaign and wonder where your goals were going to come from, wonder where the sort of the focal point was going to be. But none of that. You've been outstanding really early season and sort of you back that up with a decent draw in the North London derby at the weekend. So from a Liverpool point of view... Definitely some concerns. I think it's one of our more difficult games at the start of the season. Tough away. I mean, so far, we are sort of encountering these hurdles and getting over them by hook or by crook on occasion. We're coming from behind a lot in games. We've done exactly that tonight against Leicester. We went 1-0 down early doors. and We've done that a lot this season. So, I think... Ange would like to set his side up to sort of fly out the blocks at us and sort of catch us on the hop a little bit early doors, which seems to be the way to attack Liverpool. But what has been happening from our point of view is we've been wearing teams down. Like It's like sides can live with us for 25, 30 minutes potentially. But after that, our pressing, our intensity tends to get on top and sides can't keep it up for much longer than that. Maybe a half if they're lucky, but we've seen it up at Newcastle as well. Eventually, we wore them down and we end up, I mean, that was with 10 men too. So we end up sort of getting on top of teams and just can't live with us after a certain amount of time. So Tottenham could be different. Of course they could. I think you look at, like I say, full of energy, full of running at the moment. So could be a completely different prospect, but that's how Liverpool 
have been getting over the line in games. And I think also our strength and depth from the bench has really come to the fore. The fact that game's going on so long now, as you found out positively against Sheffield United, of course, but the games are going on so long, you almost need your starters and your finishers. And from the bench, for example, on the weekend, we called upon Jogo Jota and Cody Gakpo. Like, they're two high, high class forwards to be bringing on on the bench. And it was the West Ham defenders must have been looking over, having dealt with Mohamed Salah, Luis Diaz, and, you know, Darwin Nunes for 60, 70 minutes and gone, how is this happening? How are you bringing on two more seasoned? internationals with very high quality so yeah Liverpool we'll come to we'll come to Tottenham confident we'll come to Tottenham off the back of some very good results sort of Jurgen Klopp 2.0 Liverpool 2.0 is it is in full steam ahead mode right now it really is and we've got some you know things to be very happy about Dominic Sabozla has been outstanding absolute wonder goal tonight from him we've just watched and Alexis McCallis looks like a really clever purchase so yeah loads to be positive about from a Liverpool point of view I think it's a big old game for both teams I think obviously we're one more game after it before the league breaks for the international break it's a chance for one of us to really put our best foot forward and like stake a claim to be involved at worst I'd say in the title race really I think there's a there's a chance for one of us to really sort of like I say put a marker down at this point and say no we're the real deal and it'd be interesting to see who it's going to be but yeah fascinating game not one I'm you know coming in arrogant thinking oh we're going to swat Tottenham aside because I don't believe that's the case I think this is a big test for both but one I am confident Liverpool can certainly stand up and be counted in we're joined by the wonderful Matt Hayes, the brilliant Ricky J. Norton and the superb Christina Zanders. Just a very brief reminder of some housekeeping. It's a thank you, wonderful, lovely, gorgeous people. Last one on Spurs has made it into the FCA finalists for best podcast in the Premier League. I want to say firstly, massive thank you for all the support we've had uh, throughout the Tottenham community. It's been really overwhelming this week for the amount of love we've received for not only getting there, but for the votes that you guys have very kindly given us already. If you haven't voted yet, and you want to help us get that trophy over the line, come on, come on, come and make this podcast award-winning. Come and help us secure a trophy. You can do that by going straight to thefootballcontentawards.com forward slash voting, forward slash, and of course, vote for best podcast, Premier League, and obviously, of course, selecting last one on Spurs. Can I again say, guys, thank you so much for all your incredible support. Must appreciate it. It's these lovely, beautiful people that, of course, make these shows happen. So again, guys, thank you so much for all your contributions of making this right happen. Okay, Liverpool to come. <laughs> Where do we start from here? It's a difficult game for sure. Um, what is it? We look at our record against Liverpool overall. I was joking off air to these guys. It's what, one win in the last 23, 21 fixtures. It's not a great record at all. But records, as we've seen, are there to be broken for sure. So, Chris, we're going to start with you. You've been ultra positive tonight. So, let's kick off with you. Look, we are, of course, still unbeaten. Going into this game, of course, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think we can all agree the atmosphere is going to be absolutely rocking in that stadium because, again, it's a late night, of course, under the lights at the stadium. I think fans will be firmly behind Ange, behind the players in what's been, again, a really good start to the season. Chris, tell me, how do you feel will approach this game, given the fact Liverpool, I think, are unbeaten in their last 18 games. They've also gone a bit under the radar, given the fact of how they ended last season. They started this one. Any fear in your mind for Liverpool to come at the weekend? Listen, we said that Arsenal were a test. That was basically GCSE level. This is going to be like the Masters now. Honestly, this is a huge test. Um, We cannot 
down Liverpool. So they are a strong team. And at the moment as well, I think they just won 3-1. But honestly, they are ridiculous to play. And for some reason, I said it to you guys, um, you know, just before. When we play Liverpool, there's always insane decisions that is made. And it, it it's I feel like we are cursed by them at some point. You know, forget about Chelsea. That's that's done with with through it, don't worry. This is another level of of curse. it's always happens to us with Liverpool. Um I do believe though, guys, the fact that we we drew to Arsenal, to me, that says a statement in itself. You know, we're 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 progressing. That was literally the statement. If we are, that's a big if. If we are to beat Liverpool this weekend at home, I feel like that says that there is a huge potential in us maybe even going for top four this season. I do. Because if we can beat that team, we should be able to beat, you know, those big teams like, you know, like Liverpool. It's going to be the biggest one, I think, for us so far. Um, it's going to be really difficult. But I think if we continue the way that we are playing and the way, you know, we've been positive, the way Ange as well, the way that he speaks in these, you know, the press and everything is absolutely amazing. So I can't even imagine the fact that he has so much faith in himself. You know, I can't imagine what he must say to the players to be able to give themselves faith as well. He gives the fans faith. You know, it's it's just incredible. So, I to me, I would 100% take a draw with Liverpool, even at home, because they are going to be a tough, tough call. But a win to me that says a hell of a lot about this team and where we are, where where the potential of where we could end up this season. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping that the atmosphere is going to be incredible. I'm pretty sure it will be as usual it has been this season it's yep. damn hard to get a ticket because i cannot get a ticket right now for the liverpool game because it is literally just sells out completely sold out completely um so yeah i'm sure everyone's going to be on the case um at the liverpool game it's going to be an incredible one hopefully mm. um but it, it's it's going to be huge it's going to be really really huge so chris i appreciate you trying to manage expectations here because i mean matt come over to you you know it's funny isn't it because if someone said you get two points out of Arsenal and Liverpool. I think because, again, expectations now, people obviously want more than that. You know, again, four points would be incredible. Um, I think, again, to come through Liverpool and be unbeaten would show, again, a great test of character. Again, you have to remind yourself of the fact that Liverpool are coming into this game on the back of an 18-game unbeaten run. You have to take that into account and factor that for sure. And again, many are asking, when was the last time Spurs beat Liverpool? You have to go all the way back, of course, to that win at Wembley, the 4-1, where... It was, it felt like that sliding doors moment between the two clubs. It felt like Liverpool after that game said, you know what, Klopp, we've got to change this. They brought in Alisson, they brought in Van Dijk. And dare I say, we've then seen really a complete sea change between the two football clubs where Spurs went one way, Liverpool went the other. And yeah, quite honestly, as we've said, um, we hope Spurs are going to obviously make that gap we want to hope reduced and they're going to bring themselves back into that mix of Liverpool, but it won't be an easy game, Matt. They've got good quality players. Um, there's no doubt about that. Nunez is finding form for them. 
It's a new look midfield. It's a new look side. And dare I say, it looks like they're rejuvenated under Jurgen Klopp, where they've also had a bit of a refresh. So give me your thoughts, Matt, how we head into Liverpool and thoughts on the overall game for you. It's a huge, huge game of football. And it's one that is a massive, massive challenge for us. Um, I, I've been so, so impressed with Liverpool this season. Um, everyone, everyone and their dog had said that Liverpool needed to improve that midfield um, over the summer and coming into the season. And it, it felt like one that... That was going to be that was going to be difficult for for them to really address, and then you have the the departures of Jordan Henderson and Fabinho as well, which you have to assume, given the fact they didn't move for Jude Bellingham, they hadn't accounted for moving into into the the window. So all of a sudden they needed four or five midfielders, and that's such a such a difficult ask. And they got in some fantastic players: McAllister, Sabazla, Gravenberch. Um, I, I can't say I knew too much about Endo, but he started well. To get in those players is only half the battle. To get them to be able to play together and, and play with the the kind of chemistry that they have and with the, the fluidity in that midfield that they've been able to play this season is a huge, huge achievement for, for Liverpool, for Klopp and and for those players themselves. So I've been really, really impressed with that. And, you know, Tottenham, I think where, where we've dominated a lot of games this season and even including Sunday when Declan Rice was, came off at halftime was what we had in the midfield and we can simply offer more with the with the pace, the power, the technical ability, the, the kind of tactical bits with the, the inverted fullbacks. I'm not sure we're going to have that advantage on Saturday, um, especially if Trent is going to be coming in and, and, and playing in, I'm not even sure if he's back, but if he is playing in, in, in that sort of position as well, it's going to be so, so difficult. But what I know, looking at these players in the squad that we have, is they will be relishing, relishing this game of football. And what's gotten us in these big games in the last five or so years is the fear that we've had going into these games, the fact that we've we've cowered, we've gone back into our shell, we've we played defensive football, we've tried to take the the bombardment from a team for 90 minutes. That's not how you play football. That's not how you win games of football. These players would have been relishing this game a week ago, but knowing what they were able to do at the Emirates Stadium, they're going to see this game as one that they can absolutely go and win. And they're they're going to go into that into the game with the mentality of this is a must win. It's not a must not lose. It's a game we need to come out with three points. Um, and just go back to that interview that Van de Ven did with NBC after the game against Arsenal. It was later on in the interview, he was kind of talking about what's coming up next. And he said, next up, we've got Liverpool. And there's this huge smile on his face. Like He was really, really looking forward to the challenge, really looking forward to, to the game. And that's what I love to see with this team. And I know Pastor Coglu is going to be saying the same to them, that you know th- this is why you're in the game. For, for these players who, with all due respect to the Bundesliga and the Serie A, you don't get the games like the Tottenham Liverpool, like the Tottenham Arsenal in those leagues. And for a lot of them, this is going to be a big a big moment for them. These first huge game in the Premier League, their first huge game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it's going to be absolutely massive for them. And I know each and every one of them is going to be into, going into this game with huge confidence. Like Christina said, with an incredible atmosphere, especially off the back of what we were able to do on Sunday. Everything is shaping up very nicely and everything is looking like this could be the moment that we do it usually that's when Liverpool beat us. Um, and I, I don't want to say they're going to beat us, but you mentioned that game in 2017, how that was a watershed moment for, for Liverpool. And if, if you've gone back to that game and you said to someone, in the next five years, one of those teams you just watched is going to win every trophy in world football. Not one person would have said Liverpool, but they have gone on to do that. And they managed to turn it around so fantastically. It yeah. feels as though with the last six, 12 months, as though Tottenham may have had that watershed moment. And look, having the moment is, is the easy bit being actually able to back it up on the pitch, off the pitch, in what you do and what you in what you preach um from the players and the managers that you have, that's the difficult bit. And I, I think we have that perfect setup to to be able to go on and and I, I don't think we're going to emulate what Liverpool did to the same extent. You know, I don't see us winning a Champions League in four years, but we're we're, we're turning around. I think we're on a trajectory now similar to what Liverpool were on five years ago. So hopefully we can be a bit more of a youthful, exuberant version of themselves and, and take the game to them a little bit and and hopefully come out with with the three points. But I'm not going to be predicting um, a victory, unfortunately. 
Okay, we're going to come around predictions in a second. I've got to say, um, you look at Liverpool start to the season. I mean, listen, they've done better than maybe anyone expected from the five wins from the six. They remain unbeaten behind only Man City in the table. They've had wins over Villa, Newcastle. Um, but I think Liverpool would also agree that this probably the test of Tottenham is their toughest challenge to date for sure as well. So, you know, when you have two sides like this, it's a, it's a really, really intriguing fiction. It'll be one that does come down to, again, the battle of maybe the substitutes, getting that right. And I think we've all got to say, to be fair, Ange has done really, really well in the right time to make the substitutions so far during these opening set of fixtures. But look, Liverpool are going to come, as Chris mentioned, to a really noisy, a more connected Tottenham than I think we've seen definitely in these last, what, four or five years. And I think we all have to hope that essentially the crowd are going to play their massive part of it. I've got to say the home fans have been absolutely magnificent this season. Um, in terms of getting behind the team. The United atmosphere was unbelievable, unbelievable. And again, for a player to play in that, and obviously Chris, you're there as well. Um, as a player, you've got to feel such a sense of confidence and belief when you play amongst that atmosphere that you do feel anything is possible. Um, I know there's been some questions over some injury doubts. So just to bring everyone up to date where we are on that in terms of those injury concerns, um, I think as we understand at the moment, there is a tightness around the hamstring of um, Brennan Johnson. We will expect to hear some more news on that from Ange Postacoglu um, towards, obviously, of course, the end of the week when he holds that pre-match press conference. Uh, for James Madison, look, I think, as Chris said, he, we all had our hearts in our mouth when he yeah, had that awkward moment where it looked like he turned an ankle, uh, but he did carry on. And I think, as again, as Chris referenced there, he did come off. Um, it looked more precautionary. He was, you know, through the mix zone okay. There was talk that he had a scan earlier this week. Um, but I'd like to think no news is good news. We've had nothing to suggest there's any major problems, but again, such is the nature of James Madison and what he means to this Spurs side, as Matt and Rick have alluded to. We want to, you know, dress him up in cotton wool and make sure we've got him ready for the weekend. These are the games you want, your James Madisons, the Hummin-Sons, the Cootie Romero's, because it's arguably games like this that are won by the big players for big stakes. So look, let's get straight into it then, guys. Let's go for predictions. Chris... Let's start with you. What are you going to go for? This is the part that I hate the most. <laughs> um, it's not something that I think is actually going to be my prediction, but it's what I want it to be. That's what how I'm going to play at this game. So okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 2-1 to Tottenham. That's okay. what I'm going to say. Yeah. Nice one. 2-1 two, one Spurs. We'll take that. Matt, let's come to you. That would be Liverpool's first defeat in 19 games. That does happen. Again, you know, Many feel this result is overdue, Matt. So tell me what you feel. Where are we going to go into this one, Matt, for you? I just want to say, first of all, it, we better win this game because I'm, I'm working on Saturday, so I'm going to miss it. But I've made a deal with my dad, who's a Liverpool fan, that we're going to watch Match of the Day afterwards, regardless of who wins the game. So it, it'd be more painful watching back if we've lost. So we, we, we better not lose. My my heart is saying that we can we can, we can can nick it, but my head is saying one all. Um, mm. it, 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 it will be, I think, like the game on, on Sunday, it'll be... Not a cagey affair, but a very, very tight kind of tactical battle. It'll, it'll, it'll be quite intense. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go one-one, but if we okay. win, I'll retrospectively change my prediction if that's allowed. I'm in. I'm in the same boat as you, Matt, on that. And just, just if it, if it is that result, before we come around to Rich to close it, if it is one-one and it is only two points out of our last six, how how do you feel about that? Given the fact that you know we've played Arsenal, Liverpool, we've come for unbeaten, Matt. Does that particularly bother you? Is it more again? It's it's performances right over then points at this stage. Does it bother you the fact that we may have dropped? four points in those fixtures that we might not even listen. We might not even guaranteed to get any points in those cut fixtures. Yeah, it's um I I, I think what we want to see is progress. And 
I, I don't think we're at the stage of this yet where we need to be looking at winning, 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 winning. You know, and Apostle Cogley will be the first person to tell you that. What I look at that as is those two games last year compared to, compared to this year, that would be two more points and much, much, much better football. And it, it's not it's not where we want to be. It's not the it's not going to be yeah. a, a win for us, but that's progress, and I, I would be happy with that. I think I know what's coming out of Ricky Norwood's mouth before he even says it. <laughs> Because I've known this man for the last six, seven years, and there's no way this man's going to produce anything other than what I think. Ricks, what are we going to go for? Well, brother, we all know that going up against <laughs> Liverpool, we don't get much luck. It's always going to be fireworks. It's always yeah. going to be a roller coaster. And let me tell you now, I think we would all love it if we could wipe the smile off of uh, Klopp's face. I think that would be fantastic. We? But Absolutely. I think that the tide is definitely turning with Tottenham. And these boys are fearless. These boys never stop. You know, these boys continue to play for each other. And um, I think it's going to be a roller coaster of a game. Mm. And you know what? Even uh, This is how far we've come. That even if we lose, it doesn't stop us. It doesn't stop where we're going. It doesn't stop us, uh, the project that we're on. And we're going to continue to build, build, build. If, it, if the loss does happen, which I don't think it is going to happen, but if it does happen, we will take the notes and we will take the criticism and we will take every little mistake and use it to make us stronger, to make us better for the next time that we play them. Yeah. But for me, with with this Tottenham side, with Big Ange being at home, with that crowd, that and and uh, the 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 stadium's <laughs> going to be absolutely rocking. For me, it's it's got to be a Tottenham win. And you know, you knew, I know, we know. Anybody that's heard me before, I never back the boys. To of lose. course. Even in the most kind of ridiculous of scenarios, I don't care. I always back my boys to win. But I actually believe that they're going to turn the tide. And for me, it's going to be a 2-1. Sonny will score the first and Basuma will score the winner. Laid on by Richarlison. There you go. We're going to have it. Three points off of Liverpool <laughs> in ages. We deserve it. All right. So come on. There is a rumour going around, Rick, that you and Lee McQueen are a duo descending for the stand-up to begin with before I delivers the speech. Is there any truth in that? <laughs> You're the wall no, of that to go in there. I'm not allowed to speak. I'm on an NDA, mate. I'm not allowed I know to you speak. are. I feel, I feel bad out of demoting him that Andy's the one doing the speech. It should be Rick doing the whole bloody thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> Honestly, Joe, you know I do agree, Rick. You know, a win there. And I think, to be fair, I think there would be a sense of overdrive in amongst media, amongst Spurs fans. But look, I think, as you've said there, and we've all said it, it is a case at the moment. It's one game at a time. It's one game a week, but there is that excitement. And I've got to say, even like, as you know, Rick doing pods, it's a uh, genuine excitement about what is to come, man, which is fantastic. It's lovely talking this way about the football club. I want to say a massive thank you, Chris. Love to have you back on the show. You're back with us very, very soon. Keep spreading the optimism, the positive vibes. It's a very, very happy time right now to be a fan, right, Chris? It's absolutely amazing. I just need to point it out, though. Please, guys, whoever's watching, to vote for last one on Spurs um, because honestly this guy oh, wrong way this guy here Wait, can any of these he, guys really the no, matter whatever no here, Ricky worry. Ricky you deserve oh, a hell of a lot of credit with what you have done with this whole podcast and you know oh, you. we need to give it to you as well as much you know we love coming on here you know but honestly what you've done it has been absolutely incredible and it's good that we are actually getting good football because I am enjoying more coming on here, talking <laughs> nice things about Tottenham. But honestly, thanks to you and all the fans that are obviously watching, it's all I'll down you. to you. So please vote, guys, honestly. Chris, <laughs> thank you so much. Lots of love. Thank you so much. Uh, Matt, bud, 
it's look a really good time to be a fan. You know, we had that course throughout the summer where we spoke to so many journalists, and of course, you know, we went through the summer, we went through that overhaul of players. It feels right now, Matt, that we're riding that wave of emotion and the fact that it's so enjoyable. Um, that we might even get some more Matty, vid- Matty Hayes videos, right? Potentially, Matt, what's to come with what's going on at the moment? Potentially, is it an eye opener? If things keep going as good as they're going, I feel bad. I see Matt up there unexpectedly, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it, th- there's going to come a point where I have so much Spurs positivity inside of me and no one in my life supports Tottenham, so they're not <laughs> going to want to listen to me. I'm going to, have, I'm going to have to get it out somewhere. Um, do you know what? We make a deal. If Last Word on Spurs win the best podcast at the FCAs, I'll come back with the videos. Now, for come some on, people, that might be motivation on. to not vote, but please get get those votes in for Last Word on Spurs. I, I can only echo what, what Christina said. Um, there's, I, I've had so, so much fun on so many of these shows, and I was only thinking there a few minutes ago, I'm going to tweet afterwards to promote the show or whatever but every, every show i'm on is better and more enjoyable than the last and ricky the, the work that you put in behind the scenes on the screen I, I i really really don't think people can understand exactly what it takes to, to to run something on your own is so incredibly difficult but to do what you do with so many people with so many fantastic guests and a constant not just constantly putting out the content but constantly putting out quality content it is it is a job and a half in itself um so i i really i cannot ask people enough to to vote for last word at spurs and, and get this man the trophy oh, Mate, thank you so much for the kind words. I've got to just say, again, say, look, it is a team effort. Without these wonderful, beautiful people you see, it can't happen. And honestly, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Without these wonderful people you see week in, week out, they come on, give their views on Tottenham. Um, yeah, listen, thank you so much for all the love. Rick, thank you, mate. You've been alongside me since 1967. Um, <laughs> probably feels like that, right? So some of the shows you've been Good through with me, I have to apologise, mate. But thank you so much as always, mate. No, listen, always an honour, always a pleasure. And just to echo what the guy said, absolutely, vote for Last Word on Spurs. I'm so proud to be on this show for, oh, bless you, my man. The, for, for the years that we have been. And I'm so proud that you're up for the uh, for, for, for these type of awards. We absolutely deserve it. Yeah, absolutely deserve it, Ricks, for, again, for the amount of time and effort that you put in. And people know that watch the show regularly. you got, you know, young kids as well. And there's been many a time that you've had to leave the pod, duck out, get yeah. them out of the car in the rain. I, I thought, I thought it was going to be one of those nights again, quite frankly, but we've we've somehow managed to make it work. Listen, it is always fun. I'm very, very lucky. And um, listen, without the wonderful support network I've got, you amazing people, wonderful family behind me, it wouldn't be possible. But again, I must say, it's a massive, massive team effort. And Rick, thank you for being part of it as always, mate, and making the time. Always a pleasure, brother. Always a pleasure and sending love. Listen, guys, thank you so much for all your incredible support for the show. Um, look, we'll give one last shameless plug for it. If you want to vote for last one on Spurs, in, of course, the FCAs, go to footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. And, of course, last one on Spurs, best podcast in Premier League. Thank you for your support from the wonderful Matty Hayes, from the superb Christina Sanders, from the brilliant Ricky J. Norwood. We've been the last one on Spurs. Keep safe, keep well. We'll see you after Liverpool. Thank you so much. And as always, guys, come on, you Spurs. Come on, come on. Sports Social Podcast Network.